This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to Name Three Songs. I'm Sarah Fagan. I'm Jenna Million, and this is a podcast where we discuss feminist issues in music and pop culture, all while empowering fangirls. Because let's be honest, fangirls knew about that band way before you did. And today, we have a special guest with us. If you guys remember listening to our Grammys episode about a year ago, you will remember Miss Larisha Paul is here to join us. <laughs> Not only is she a fabulous entertainment and music journalist, she also is now full-time at Rolling Stone, so congrats, Larisha. <laughs> I mean, thank you. <laughs> what an intro. We are very excited to have you here today because as the resident Grammy expert and <laughs> knower of all things pop culture, we obviously have a lot to dig into with this album of the year business that just happened. But to kick things off, we always share a little fangirl moment. So do you have from this week a favorite fangirl moment or just like a crazy internet thing that happened? So my favorite fangirl moment from this week is a Grammys thing, is a Harry related Grammys thing. And it recalls back end of last year, Spotify rap season, Brittany Broski posts her <laughs> Spotify rap. Brittany Broski, you know, kombucha girl, internet famous, Harry Stan, famously, Matt Harry, famously. <laughs> and Harry was not in her top five on her Spotify rap. And his fans got their pitchforks out. They were like, <laughs> how dare you? You are using him. He deserves better than this. <laughs> Who do you think you are? Oh my God. And I don't recall if she responded or whatever happened. I thought it was hilarious and I scrolled away because I was like, there's some really insane behavior going on here. And then I woke up today, scrolling on Twitter as I do the first five minutes after I wake up. And there is an entire thread of people being mad at Britney Broski for not defending Harry. Oh my God. For album of the year. From, for album of the year. Oh my God. And like, I have to like, the way that it's worded is just so, someone said, I'm not saying that Beyonce has not been snubbed for album of the year. She has. She's had amazing albums that should have won hands down. This is for Britney and her sitting back while Harry is getting ripped to shreds on Twitter <laughs> and then only liking this tweet because she liked a tweet that said Beyonce deserves better and it's screenshots of Beyonce watching other people win an album of the year. What does Britney Broski have to do with this? <laughs> what is she Brittany supposed Broski. to do? I know. She's just like an internet personality. She's not even like a commentator. That's no. so funny. That's like... What, what was she supposed to do? Like, contact Twitter and have all of these accounts deactivated that are mad at him? What did you want from her? Oh my god. That's like... I'm just like... <laughs> that's, that's like when people are like, you're not commenting on the war in Syria. And it's like, <laughs> what, what does Selena Gomez know about a war in Syria? <laughs> I'm like, you could also just make a list of like every famous person who says they support Harry Styles and then just go down the checklist of Show didn't support Harry homes. Styles in yeah. this moment. <laughs> oh my Knocking god. On their door. Oh my, I mean, speaking of crazy Harry fans, there was this girl on TikTok who literally had to disable duets, stitches, and comments on all of her videos because she was like, it's time to talk about Harry's red carpet fit. And she was like, 
and I know a lot about fashion. Here are my credentials. And she like steps away from the camera. She's just wearing like a white dress and like a beige shawl. It was like a nightgown. <laughs> it was literally a nightgown. And, like all these Harry fans are just like mocking her to like all get out there like, oh what? Like broke Lana Del Rey core? Like how is that? <laughs> like how is that? How are those fashion credentials? And it's just like so, it's so funny because then there was like this like pop culture commentator who's like 22 or 23. It's like a guy. It's a guy, and he made a video commenting on like how Gail was like dressed weird because she wore like underwear basically sure. and like a sheer dress and then she made a tiktok story and was like you're a grown-ass adult making fun of a kid and then he he stitched her again and he is like well here are my fashion credentials <laughs> like steps away from the camera and is wearing like tie-dye sweatpants and like an nyu shirt <laughs> he's like i clearly know what i'm talking about <laughs> And it was just so funny because like all these people were like, I thought people were maybe going to be mad at him, but I was like, he's literally like four years older than her. And then people were like, girl, you like are barely legal and chose to wear lingerie oh. on the red carpet. Like you can't oh. be like, oh I'm like, I'm a, I'm a youth. Don't bully me. And then be like, but also I'm an adult and I got to, I wanted to wear lingerie on the red carpet. It's like, you can't be both. It's like either take adult criticism on your fashion or don't dress like an adult and be a youth. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, the the fans have been out it this week. I will say my other favorite thing that fans unearthed on the internet is that like Beyonce and Chris Martin are secretly in love with each other. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know this was a thing. Me neither. There was one tweet that had like the picture of them from the Grammys after party sitting on this couch yeah. together. And she's like propped up, Virgo goddess, beautiful, <laughs> amazing as always. And he's like literally in a beanie, just kind of slouched back, like sneakers on. And there's a picture where like someone circled a bunch of stuff and was like analyzing their body language. And it was like, she, they were like, she's pushing her boobs towards him. <laughs> The one that I liked, the tweet said, don't let your husband get in the way of finding the love of your life. <laughs> oh, listen. Okay, look, and then there was, like, another one that was, like, them, like, a really long time ago. I don't know what year these photos are from, but she looks very young, and they're, like, again, pictured together. And then it was, like, this being the same night she passed out drunk is so funny to me. And so it's, like, a picture of them together, and then a picture of, like, her in a car, like, looking very drunk and passed out. And then also, in other exciting news, and, like, in theme of last week's episode, we do have the iconic win of Sam Smith and Kim Petras at the Grammys, making... Kim Petras the first out trans person to ever win a Grammy, which was very exciting. Her acceptance speech was so beautiful. And I was like, this is so lovely. And I'm so happy for you. And I did not care about you at all yesterday. And now I love you and would baby die for you. <laughs> I wish it was for a better song, but we'll take what we could get. <laughs> and I think it's really interesting that this was Sam's comeback moment with the Grammys too, because yeah. they used to be like the biggest Grammy darling, like a la Adele. Yeah, and now it's just like this is their their time to come back around on it because the thrill of it all didn't get anything. Yeah, and they had him perform a song. They had them perform a song from the thrill of it all at the Grammys, and then did not nominate that album for a single thing. The Grammys has a history of messing things up. That is their mo, which the internet felt very strongly about with the album of the year 
winner in Mr. Harold Styles, even though that's not his real name. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Gary. Mr. Gary Styles. Mr. Gary Styles, as Kid Harpoon knows him as, winning album of the year. But okay, so just to preface this, I think it's insane that like the big categories all had fucking 10 nominees in them. Like that was unhinged and ridiculous. Every like the album of the year category was so stacked with incredibly talented people. I feel like none of us as all three of us being Harry fans like expected Harry to win. I went into that fully being like, oh, it's pro- it's going to be Bad Bunny. Like, that's what I personally thought just because of like, again, when I think album of the year, it's like cultural impact of an album and like the response and like how long the like album's been relevant in the discourse. But I do think the thing that's really interesting is like Beyonce's album came out a lot later than a lot of the other albums that were nominated for album of the year so i feel like she hasn't toured on it yet it dropped without a lot of knowledge that it was going to come like she loves to do and so i feel like when it comes to that it's like bad bunny's album had a lot more cultural impact because it came out earlier same with harry's house and so i feel like there was just like a lot more buzz around those albums in that regard because i feel like this is the year of like us getting to witness like the cultural impact that renaissance really had because she's finally touring and like we're gonna see what's gonna happen in that regard and obviously like the grammys don't work like that where it's like oh it has to be nominated it has to be nominated you know but i do just like think that that's interesting and i mean like my personal opinion is that like lemonade and sasha fierce both had like more of a cultural impact like closer to like when the albums came out and those would have been like way more worthy of album of the year but i don't think that that takes away like the work that beyonce was doing and there's so much to say here because also i made a tiktok about this but like she made history by being the person to win the most grammys in all of the world and (laughs) they just had james corden give her that grammy (laughs) and like no confetti fell from the sky like she didn't get to give like a separate speech about like setting a new record or like anything no and and it's just it's just like so unhinged but i think we also need to focus on the fact that because harry styles won he somehow became the villain of beyonce's story when harry styles didn't choose to win the grammy and as he said in his very like uh, humble confused speech he's like nobody makes an album to win a grammy they make an album because they want to make art i'm like oh you sweet baby boy (laughs) and it's and it's and, and yet the internet's like this is all harry's fault but also they're being like the grammys are flawed and yes the grammys are flawed But they're acting as if the Grammys are, like, this conglomerate where, like, people are sitting in, like, a deliberation board with, like, a white, like, a whiteboard being, like, this is why X should win and this is why Y should not win and, like, all this stuff. And, like, they're sitting there deliberating, actually having conversations about who should win, which, like, maybe that would be better, but that's not what happens. Like, these Grammy voters literally get sent a ballot in the mail. They fill in their little Scantron sheet and then they they send it back to the Grammys. And, like, these people are not an unbiased group either like there is a really incredible variety article where they interviewed some grammys voters about how they go about their voting and some of these people are just like yeah i just like don't listen to these artists and i'm not going to so i'm just gonna vote for what i know and it's like what the actual fuck are you talking about i think the interesting thing about that is that there's like a voter membership breakdown by genre 
and 23% of the voting body. And this is like, you know, we don't know which one of these, like what group of these people are actually sending in the most ballots yeah. and things like that. But 23% of them are like claim pop as they should. 16% jazz, 15% rock, 15% R&B, 13% American roots. Those are the Brandy Carlisle stands of the world. <laughs> 10% alternative, 10% classical, and every other genre is under 10. So that would include rap music, which... So mm. that's why I was... When I was thinking about the album of the year category, I did not think the Grammys would be progressive enough to give that award to Bad Bunny. Yeah. Regardless of the fact that he had such a huge year, I do. I feel like they're like four or five years behind getting to yeah. the point where they realize that. Yeah. And so I was off that concerned about Harry. I think I told you that yeah, like, well, yeah. a couple of weeks before. And I was just like, I feel like it's going to be <laughs> my little premonition moment. Like I felt like there was going to be yeah. an issue because they, I didn't see them giving it to bad money. And then I also didn't see them giving it to Kendrick because obviously Same thing, now yeah. there's, there's, they have no rap voters. So I didn't see him getting that. And then I was like, well, they're not going to give it to Adele over Beyonce again. Yeah. They love Adele. They wouldn't do that to her. They would do that to Harry Styles, though. They have no loyalty <laughs> to that man. <laughs> they said, get him out of here. <laughs> they messed up his performance, had his turntable spinning backwards. Oh they my said, God. we are ruining this man's life tonight. And it worked. <laughs> he did look like he was about to throw up on stage during his entire performance. I did. Simply, I would have left. Like, he's better than me. I would have got off the stage. <laughs> I saw somewhere that he almost didn't even go because he was, like, sick or something. And I'm just like, this poor man literally, like, didn't even want to be there. He was probably, like, high on NyQuil. (laughs) I mean, did you, like, some of those photos, his pupils were, like, mad dilated. So... I do think it's interesting because it's, like, we talk about people being mad at, like, as if there's, like, this imaginary figure like a singular person or like 10 people who decide these things but honestly it's just more telling of like america in general of the fact that like this is a thought process of the general well i want to say like general public of america of it's like the people who get to vote in this like sarah mentions like there's no requirement for them to listen to all the albums there's no requirement for them to vote like unbiasedly like their biases are absolutely playing into this and so it's very representative of like oh, let's give this white man who, like, had a good, like, the album was definitely commercially popular, but, like, did he do anything that, like, innovative? Not really. He kind of just, like, checked off the bare minimum, whereas, like, Beyonce did this huge album of, like, pulling black history, pulling dance history, pulling black queer history. So, like, as a piece of art, there's a lot more thought that, well, okay, you know what? I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't be saying these things. <laughs> but it's just like I, the point that I'm trying to make is that like them giving album of the year to Harry Styles is representative of the general population of like oh, well Beyonce like she always just like pulls a stunt and I don't really want to vote for her cuz she's already won so much. So I'm going to vote for the underdog. Like it's just general like representative general America thinking. Yeah, and I always look at it as, like, this constant need that people have to humble successful black women. Mm. It is very prevalent when you can sit here and say, and I made a I made a TikTok about why Beyonce should have won. I have been talking about why Beyonce should have won for days before the Grammys. And a lot of the comments that I was getting were, well, she's the most awarded artist in Grammys history now. What more do you want? And it's, like, this <sighs> idea that because she's been given all of these accolades in this way already that she should just settle for being okay with that. Yeah. And that 
she shouldn't want more and we shouldn't want more for her. Yeah. Because she's already had so much. And it's just like, that's, that's not the point though. And to not even be willing to have the conversation about, to just look at the facts, like to lay out the facts and say, these are the awards she's won. These are the categories that she's won in the categories where they've had to change the name of them repeatedly because yeah. they've been kind of racist the whole time. Yeah. And then be like, well, why does she need album of the year? She won four separate Grammys for four separate songs on Renaissance on Sunday and then did not win album of the year. Yeah. Four yeah, Grammy awarded yeah. songs on one album and it's not the album of the year. Yeah. I mean, like, that's the thing that is so frustrating is like a lot of the comments on like your video and my videos and like other people's videos who were like, it's okay that Harry won, but also let's acknowledge this like people speaking sense, you know, like is that people were like, she made history. She's won 32 Grammys, blah, blah. It's like, okay, but like, if you go and look at the Grammys that she's won, they're categorically in race categories. And like, as we've talked about in countless different ways on this podcast, like the amount of times that the way that the music industry, whether that be the billboard charts or the Grammys or whatever, literally goes out of their way to create essentially like race categories to separate like ex quote unquote acceptable white music from like music made by people of color is ridiculous. Like even when you look at the billboard charts for years, there was like literally a chart called race music. And so it's like, how can you not acknowledge that? It's like, you can be like, oh, I don't think that that album made a big enough splash for like how long it's been out to be album of the year. Like that's a fine thing to say, but it's not fine to like ignore the fact that the Grammys keep just giving her race category Grammys and that they like literally televised an award that they don't normally televise just so that they could give Beyonce an award on television for everybody to see because they're like, fuck, we literally gave her only awards and categories that like we don't deem important enough to put on TV normally. Like that's ridiculous. Yes. And I think the hoops that people tried to jump through to justify that were really funny. I saw so many people specifically Harry fans are really in their flop era this week but a lot of people being like I didn't even know Beyonce put out an album and it's just like that you don't you have no place in this conversation you just like, are making fun of yourself even, <laughs> even a little bit because to say oh well this is what I listen to so I'm not going to engage with why Bad Bunny should have won why Beyonce should have won why anyone else yeah. in that category should have won because at that point, you're just as bad as the voters who are responsible for getting Harry this award in the yeah. first place. The same people who didn't want to listen to the albums, the same people who didn't think Beyonce needed more things. Like, you are literally in the same boat. And I guess it makes sense that the people who are siding with the Grammys in this situation have the same ideology as the voters. But it, it is really kind of jarring to see just because it's they want a place in this conversation so badly without having to do the work to understand the history and the conversation because it's either that or it's the Grammys don't matter and you know we should just not care about this and it's like obviously that's not how this works because obviously a lot of people care about this clearly I do also think I mean kind of going off of that like who cares about the Grammys Harry's comment of like oh nobody makes an album because they like are trying to win a Grammy I don't think that's entirely true like for some people yes but like as a BTS fan, like I know very like that BTS tried very hard to win a Grammy, like for several years straight, especially with like their English singles. And so for some people, I do think and I don't know Beyonce's 
discography well enough or like her as a person like well enough to like necessarily weigh in on whether or not she purposely is trying to make music to the level I mean, I think she's trying to make music to a level that will surprise people, excite people, and be culturally relevant. Whether or not she has the Grammy in her mind when she's making the album, I can't say. But I do think there, and like Bad Bunny also, from what I've heard of like interviews and other things, I don't think he was making an album to like win a Grammy. I think his album was just insanely popular. But I do think there are people who do chase Grammys. I mean, yeah. Machine Gun Kelly is a great example of this, of that, like, with Tickets to My Downfall, he was, like, very angry that he was not nominated. And then for his most recent album, he, like, very clearly was like, I want to be acknowledged for the work that I've done. Because, I mean, that man has, like, been put... Like, all things aside about Machine Gun Kelly, he's been making... Decent, like good music for most of his career and he's never been acknowledged or like allowed to have kind of proper mainstream success until he decided to go pop punk which is quite interesting I think and so I mean like for him even it was like he was like I deserve to be acknowledged I should be acknowledged I put in so much work which like I agree with to some extent but I do think it's interesting just Harry as I love to say, is very much no thoughts, just vibes, and just makes music because he loves making music because he's just like this lottie dottie da little like, like boy like who's singing. just like yeah, he's like I like singing and hanging out with my friends and singing makes me happy, you know, like <laughs> <laughs> like it's not really deeper than that. Like I'm sure it is to some extent, but I mean, like honestly, if you really like dig deep into the Harry Styles lyricism and all that stuff nothing makes fucking sense like it's very much no thoughts just vibes and like I, I would die for the man but like the thought process of oh like nobody makes music for Grammys I can see both sides of that argument as well but I feel like it's kind of like this this idea of like everybody who is nominated for like album of the year it's like they were gonna make that music anyway regardless of if the Grammys existed or not yeah 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 Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus and i think and i think we talked about this a little bit last time we talked about the grammys but it's like the only people who can say the grammys don't matter are people who already have them or who have no chance of winning them and i yeah. think especially when we think about machine like kelly in this context was he mad those early albums didn't get nominated for grammys he was nowhere near the conversation of yeah you know, and I think around the same time when they snubbed The weekend and did not nominate anything from After Hours, yeah. did not nominate Blinding Lights, the most glaring error in Grammy's history, probably. Biggest song ever at this yeah. point, you know? And Zayn tweeted and was like, the Grammys are BS, like, this is, this is rigged. 
Zayn is nowhere near the Grammys conversation. Yeah. Nowhere near it. So he can say that. Harry, now that he has a few, if he wanted to be like, I don't care about the Grammys publicly, he would never do that. I mean, he kind of, he kind of, he kind of did though. Like, well, I, that's what, like he that literally was, on the Grammy the... stage was basically like, who cares about the Grammys? Well, he said no one does, no one does it for that reason. And that's like very similar to what Drake said in his last Grammys acceptance speech before he decided to stop submitting his music to the Grammys. Mind you, Drake won a Grammy this year. <laughs> so even when he doesn't want to be involved, he definitely is. And I think that's a part of it too, is that the Grammys have messed up so many times that there are so many artists withdrawing their albums from even being considered the weekend i love non-fm i think non-fm was one of the best albums to come out last year but that was not even in consideration when we we're talking about album of the year because he did not allow them to consider it for album of the yeah. year because of how they treated after hours and so if we're not looking at the weekend as one of the biggest pop stars in the world right now where his album fits into the conversation of album of the year we're not thinking about drake they had like that huge 50 years of hip-hop tribute section at the grammys and we basically skipped over the whole 2010s because drake would not be involved with them yeah Lil wayne was not there like it was a whole chunk of hip-hop history completely missing because how do you go from early 2000s hip-hop to Lil uzi vert and glorilla yeah. love them that's great <laughs> we're missing some some pieces you yeah. know in the puzzle here and i think it's that thing where it's not going to be possible to ever look at the Grammys in a really coherent way yeah. because we're missing too much context because of the artists that have opted to not be bothered with them anymore. Jay-Z was an artist who did not rock with the Grammys for a long time because of how <laughs> he viewed his music being treated by them. But then when he had a chance to come back and do a four minute long rap performance, just make us listen to him rap for four minutes, he came back and did that. And we can say he was there to support Beyonce but was he? <laughs> yeah. Based off of how the Grammy voters are being a little bit less secretive and like we're becoming like a bit more aware of like how their voting works and like the fact that it's like not an unbiased voting process. It's just interesting how clear it was that there's a clear divide between people who actually pay attention to like how pop culture works and how these things that like kind of dictate the zeitgeist so to speak like happen and the people who like just want to be involved in the conversation and i feel like this grammys discourse that's been happening and like all the anger around harry saying his like this doesn't happen to people like me which is like his silly little hum way of trying to be humble because that's what he does every single time he has a pinch me moment because if you think about it if you really really think about it like not everything has to be about gender and race which feels annoying to say but it's like when he's coming from the background of like single mom like the class system in england is so much different than it is in america and also the fact that he was in a boy band it doesn't technically but also like 99 percent of humans don't get nominated for grammys anyway so it's like <laughs> it's like relatively speaking he's not wrong but it was just so interesting how the discourse was so focused on that statement that he made which in the setting of it's going to be mostly not harry styles fans listening to him speak 
it was a tone deaf thing to say, but the focus of the conversation should be the fact that like, okay, we recently got an article that came out that proved to us that the Grammys are not an unbiased voting group, that Beyonce was pigeonholed into race categories and that they didn't even give her like a celebratory moment for her historical milestone. And it's like, those are three massive things that are just as as like topical just as conversation worthy if not more conversation worthy than like harry being a little bit of a dummy and yet people are just like not media literate enough and like don't care enough about like the pop culture conversation to actually have real thoughts about it so they're just like oh this is an easy target like let's do this yeah and i think that specifically the nitpicking and the being mad about harry makes the assumption that if anyone else would have won, this conversation would not be happening. Yeah, if which I 100% would have been. would not been. have been mad. And I still would have been mad. Yeah. Me personally, I still would want to dismantle the Recording Academy with my bare hands. It had nothing to do with Harry. And I think if you are looking at this as a formula, if Harry is the piece of it that you could take out and put something else in and the the answer is going to be the same, the problem is going to be the same, then that's not the problem. Yeah. He is not, you know the independent variable in this situation it's very much anyone could have won that award and the truth would have stood that beyonce and i think to say she deserved it that's it's very subjective language yeah, yeah, yeah. i think she i think renaissance did what most of these other albums didn't do on a cultural level and i think when we talk about commercial success and that's a lot of things that people like to bring up in these conversations i think especially now that bts like you were saying like try so hard to win awards that's what their fans hinge on more than anything else yeah they had this many album sales this was this many views this had this much time on the top 100 that's what the billboard music awards are for that's yeah. not what the grammys are yeah that's yeah. not the grammys are and so then to go from that and then the counter conversation with renaissance being well a lot of that album was sampled a lot of that was this a lot of that was that and it's like that was what one of the grammy voters and the variety article had said was, oh, I wrote it for the Brandy Carlisle album because she made that with just herself and two yeah. or three yeah. other musicians. And that is, you know, the, that for that conversation to be, you know, I made a video and I was just like, I, I don't understand what that means. We're like real musicians. Like the, the other ones were not holograms. We're not fake. Yeah. These were not AI generated. You know, I think as we're moving in that direction with music, David Guetta, for some reason, has a fake Eminem feature on a song that he played at a festival that he like went on one of those AI websites and typed in a verse and was like in the style of Eminem and then he put it on an actual <laughs> song that he performed to people. I think All that right, conversation via the Grammys is going to get choppy in a couple years. But I think as it stands right now, that inherently discredits 90% of black music that relies on samples. Hip hop relies yeah, so heavily yeah, on samples. Yeah, references yeah. back to other pieces of black music. Meanwhile, a lot of white artists are doing the same thing. They're just kind of making their sound like other people's music instead of yeah. sampling it. Yeah. At least these people are paying homage to the people who made this music. They're giving credit to the people who made this music. And to say, oh, but this is sample, this isn't original, but it is original. It doesn't sound exactly like that other thing. It doesn't sound like 50 million other songs. It doesn't sound like any song anyone has heard in the last five years yeah so what's and the th problem I, yeah i mean this is why the grammys are never going to be fair in this regard unless they literally have requirements of like you have to judge it based on these things and it's like maybe like innovation and like taking into account like did you pull from other artists like unless those are like judging criteria, like we're going to continue having the same conversation forever and that's what's so frustrating about this yeah and i think when we look at like 
Bonnie Raitt winning song of the year. Good for her. She didn't see that coming. Yeah. I saw that coming. But I saw so many people being like, well, the Grammys award musicianship and songwriting. The Grammys didn't even have a songwriter of the year category until what was this year? The first year of that was last year. They just, they just got one. Yeah. They just got one and they gave it to a man, which of course they did. <laughs> and so it's just going to become producer of the year 2.0. But it's like, that can't be something that's of that much importance to them if that's something they just decided songwriters deserve an award of their own and even the rules for what would qualify you to be nominated for songwriter of the year are so strict and Mm -hmm. so everyone was just like oh is taylor gonna get it but then taylor would have to write x amount of songs for another artist and like there's just all of these convoluted rules and it's like and these are the songwriters that you think the grammys care so much about yeah i mean at the end of the day it's like the grammys don't care because the grammys are not a conglomerate they're all singular people with individualistic ideas and then their votes all get tallied at the end of the day. And the only thing that, like, the Grammys as, like, a group really does is, like, dictate who's going to be performing and, like, which categories are going to get televised. And so in some way, it's like the Grammys were like, okay, let's make it up to Bad Bunny and Beyonce because we know they're going to lose album of the year and give them the opportunity to have, like, one of their awards televised. So it's a very weird thing but i mean in the talks of like internet discourse getting to a point where everything's so unhinged that everybody has to have an opinion on things there was a really interesting queer baiting article in the new york times that the new york times social media editor clickbaited me so hard that i thought i was going to have to go pick it outside of the new york times because when i saw this tweet the tweet reads stars like harry styles bad bunny and timothy chalamet have all recently been criticized for queer baiting in an essay for time magazine at mark harris nyc considers the implications of the term and the politics around it so then i go and click on this man's profile and this is like a man in his like late 40s 50s maybe and i was like what the fuck is this like grown-ass man having to say about queer baiting like fuck this how dare he i go and i just like scroll through the article before i read it and all i'm seeing is infographs of like photos of like bad bunny and harry styles and timothy chalamet with like little notes about like what parts of their outfit are queer which like okay and i was like so ready to burn down the new york times like which is <laughs> this is also can i just say this is also so funny for the amount of times we talk about media literacy on here i know i know but it's it's just like that thing where it's like this this happens to everybody where like you see something you have an automatic response and honestly i feel like this just proves how important it is to read an article and not just like see a tweet and make an opinion because i saw this and i was so ready to be angry and then i read the article and i was like wow this was like a really fucking great article this man had really good thoughts and like this is a really nuanced opinion on queer baiting and i'm really happy that this is here but why did they have to like promote it like this this was so fucked up and especially when it's like it's not like these journalists have no idea that like the media literacy skills of the internet are not <laughs> like they just they just don't exist they just don't exist and it's like okay i get that like you put these names here to get people to click on the article i get it but also like the article is behind a paywall so 80 percent of people are not going to be reading it and they're just going to have that thought process that i had of i should be mad because before the paywall you can see one of the infographs 
of them like pulling apart what parts of a fit are queer and it's like as a photo editor who the fuck in the visuals department did not speak <laughs> to the journalist behind the story before they made the infographs like why was there no community oh my god it was just like so unhinged <laughs> it was so ridiculous <laughs> like anybody who's listened to our podcast or like watches any of my tiktoks that i make like know that i'm very passionate about the fact that like a singular human cannot queer bait and the fact that this has like become a thing that people are saying people can do is so annoying because the term queer baiting started off as like a term used as like a film and television trope about acting as if a character is gay to only not give them a gay storyline or like to sort of give them one and then like take it away or kill them which is what they love to do is also you know fridging your gays is another fun film trope but we don't see that happening in real life nobody's talking about that <laughs> but it was just like this really interesting article and i feel like with harry being everywhere and harry being like a main talking point of queer beating it felt relevant in today's discussion to also discuss this article and how i feel like it should be something that can be used to like understand the idea of like why celebrities have like been closeted or like why they don't want to come out and like the thing again that we like try and push and explain here is it's like gay marriage only became legal like seven or eight years ago in america and so for a very long time it was like it was dangerous to be out and proud and like people are still only just getting used to it and so it's, yeah. I, it's just a very nuanced conversation and i think that's what's always bothered me about the term queer rating i think it's like a product of the internet taking words and deciding that words don't need to mean things anymore or that mm -hmm. they could take one word and use it as a catch-all the internet loves catch-alls catch-alls yeah. do not work when you're trying to have actual deep nuance understanding conversations about yeah. things as complex as someone's sexuality the sexuality yeah. of a person you don't know at that it just gets really complicated and i think even like having bad bunny in those conversations when he's made so much space for yeah. queer people that he's literally about to get a vanguard award from glad for doing that and for him to be at the centerpiece of, of an article about queerbaiting or the infographics about queerbaiting it takes what I think a lot of people are trying to do and trying to be progressive about and trying to be understanding and make space and it makes it really difficult because it becomes this larger thing where we're pushing the conversation in the direction it doesn't need to go in mm. in the same way like we were talking earlier like you end up overshadowing the actual problem when you spend so much time taking a magnifying glass and trying to examine the parts that don't yeah. and i think anything that relies on a privilege that you believe you you deserve yeah. an explanation of somebody else's sexuality yeah and that type of privilege is just not you don't have that no one's gave that to you no one has ever you know agreed oh because i'm a public figure i saw someone say this about harry the other day in my comment section, of course, because <laughs> where else would this conversation be happening? But it was someone saying like, well, he plays into queer aesthetics and so he should just come out and be, tell us what he is because it would help the rest of us. And I replied and I said, nobody owes you that explanation. And I was just like, yeah, true, but it would really be beneficial for everyone else. And I was just like, you know, and I, obviously going back to the conversation about queer rating be, being something that is rooted in media, someone was just like, well, he's not, he's, he's, a, he's an artist, he's a persona. So it yeah. does apply to him. And it's like, no, that's not how this works. He is absolutely still a yeah. human being who happens to make very popular music. 
that does not make him some type of pristine Funko Pop figure for you to keep in a box and decide that you have to know what his sexuality is. It's not fair to them. And it also, that entitlement just is not sustainable in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. Yeah. And I think Mark Harris put this really well into words, the same sentiment. He writes that the fact that like we're questioning Harry Styles and Bad Bunny and Timothy Chalamet, the fact that these have even even become urgent questions has to do in large part with the collision of Gen Z's approach to sexuality, which is flexible, and its approach to culture, which is not. And he goes on to write, Gen Z has a set of rules that it can enforce with doctrinaire strictness, especially when it comes to culture. And then he's like putting these in air quotes. We need to tell our own stories. Appropriation is always wrong. All art is self-expression with empathetic imagination at a distant second. Nothing matters more than authenticity. There is no qualification for an artist greater than a lived experience. And then he goes on to write, this is where a generation's golden rule, sex- sexuality is fluid. You can choose from dozens of entities, etc." crashes into an older rule. Tell us who you are so we can decide what we think of you. It's so frustrating of this whole focus on like, it would make us feel better if we knew actually what he is when Harry is being like, my friends know what I am. Like, it's nobody's business. I'm unlabeled, blah, 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 which is all very much feels like a wink towards bisexuality. And But like, again, it's not our business what he does behind closed doors in his home. Like, it's not our fucking business. It doesn't matter. And it's like, if you see yourself in Harry, that should be all that matters. Like, if he makes you feel safe, if he makes you feel seen, if he makes you feel like, oh, I can relate to this person, it shouldn't matter like what he is because it's like the whole idea at least like to my perspective the whole idea of like a celebrity persona is essentially like creating a blank canvas for your fans to like project onto anyway like that's why this exists it's like to separate your personal life from your music life to like act in a way that you wouldn't normally act but it's like if you see stage persona harry and real life harry real life harry dresses like a dude who lives at the gym and like that's just who he is like frat bro harry is who harry style is at his core because that's how he addresses and acts in his like normal life when you like see him not being harry styles world-renowned pop star and it's just like this focus on him playing a queer character in my policeman and his dedication to wanting to play that character exactly how it is everybody's like oh it's because that's his real life story and like Also in this article, Mark writes, was playing that part a heartfelt attempt to explore a shared cultural heritage or was it essentially a famous street actor scoring points off the historical pain of a minority group to which he doesn't belong, a kind of oppression tourism, which is again, Mark Harris being sarcastic in the article because again, I had a brain meltdown only for the next paragraph to say, related question, what does it matter? I should at this point out myself. I believe that personal experience is overrated as a qualification for an artist. I think that on screen, straight can effectively play gay and vice versa. And I recoil from any definition of the relationship between artists and audience that is predicated on the audience claiming a sense of betrayal over who someone is or isn't outside of the context in which they're performing, which like snaps to Mark (laughs) fully agree. That's the whole point of acting is like to take on a persona that you aren't normally to live a life of somebody else. But also, could you imagine if you're going out for a role and they're like, we need to know who you fuck in order to cast you. Like, can you imagine like how 
fucking insane that would be and like the riots people would be having on the streets if you found out that that was a question being asked when you auditioned for a role in any form of theater or film or tv like that's so unhinged and it's like okay does that mean you also have to be a wizard to play a wizard like that doesn't make any sense because wizards aren't real (laughs) i can be a tree (laughs) (laughs) but literally and so it's just like this thing where it's like everything doesn't need to be equal and by that I mean like you don't need to be queer to play queer you don't need to be straight to play straight like you don't need to like tell everybody who you're fucking in order to like be respected by your fan base and so I mean I feel like things have gotten so bad on the queer baiting discourse that this fully grown ass man has to write this article <laughs> to well, begin I with I think it's interesting because like even in that same point like Jeremy Pope spoke to Variety a couple of months ago and said that he lost out on one like a really huge you know major picture role because they thought that he couldn't convincingly play a straight man like he couldn't convince an audience that he was in love with a a woman because everyone knows that he's actually gay i don't care but it's like Like, you would never say that about the reverse no exactly and i think back to the queer reading conversation is so centered around men i think the only time i've seen it really lob towards a woman was when Billie Eilish put out the yeah. Lost was it Lost Cause video and yeah. she was like having a slumber party with her friends and they were twerking and they were dancing and everyone was like this is gay and it's like is it? <laughs> and they were just like I can't believe she's not saying anything. I saw a video of some girl like literally lighting one of her Billie posters on fire and I'm just like this is deeply out of hand because you watched a music video and decided that Billie Eilish owed you a notes app apology explaining her sexuality to you because she danced with her friends in a video now if shit was gay that's fun if not that's fun i don't really see what the point is that's not going to really change how you interact with this music video that's not going to change the impact of this music video that really people watched and then moved on with their life if they were sane and then everyone who was not decided that they needed to write ten thousand words about everything that was wrong with it yeah but i think the fact that we spend so much time looking at these kind of things and there are people who decide okay i'm gonna take this and i'm gonna turn it into this larger conversation that is not actually beneficial for the community that it is supposed to be defending in a way and i think the same thing with you know harry was on the cover of vogue famously in a dress and then there were comments from billy porter about how black queer people had made those innovations long before harry was on the cover of vogue which yes we know that but it was another instance in which Harry was being put at the center of a conversation that at the end of the day had nothing to do with him. Because you yeah. could put anybody in a dress, put them on the cover of Vogue. If yeah. they were a might man, the problem would have been the same. Yeah. You know, and so I think when we keep finding ourselves in this situation where we're putting the people who are not involved in these conversations at the center of these conversations, it you end up losing out on being able to actually talk about what the actual problem is, such as being able to advocate for those people being able to take up these spaces. But then at the same time, it's like if every person who puts, like, you know, people have been accused of queerbaiting for wearing nail polish and acting a certain way. And yeah. Sean Mendez is never, ever, ever in his life beating the allegations that he's gay. He's told everyone a million times that he's not. And that's yeah. not enough. Mm-hmm. That's not enough. And so I think it works on both sides where it's just like you in no way, whether you think someone is gay, you think someone is straight, you're not entitled to knowing that for a fact. They don't have to tell you. And I think if we want to talk about how people have used queer aesthetics to benefit their career, there's a conversation to be had about that. But that is not a queer baiting conversation. That is a completely separate thing 
that has been lost in a shuffle of this term losing its entire mm. original meaning yeah to be applied to all of these things that may not have a catch-all term to make it easy and fit into a 240 character tweet yeah but just make a thread at that point just make a thread have the actual conversation say what you need to say yeah instead of being like how can i boil down this complex thing that people have studied and written about for years and years and years and decades and decades and decades and involved and watched evolve and updated their points on changed their mind about things and how can i make that the most easily digestible thing possible so i can fit it into a three minute tiktok a one minute tiktok yeah at the tweet and yeah. that's not where these conversations belong yeah. And I think everyone expecting them to be so easy and be so accessible while also not having the media literacy to go out of their way to learn anything, to yeah. be intelligent, to use their brain cells, but however many they have left, nobody wants to do that. Yeah. And so I think those two things are really going against each other in a terrible way because it just ends up being where a term is taken out of context and used in a tweet. The tweet goes viral, the TikTok goes viral, something goes viral. And then no one bothers to look into the context or not enough people bother to look into the context for it to be meaningful in saying, actually, that's not the right term to use here. If you're mad about someone playing into, I remember reading an article about queer baiting a while ago and it centered around Nick Jonas. And I don't really pay attention to Nick Jonas enough to know what the facts are of the situation, but it was basically saying that he you know, was really flirtatious in a gayish way. I don't I don't really understand the context of this. But it was just like he used queer aesthetics to boost his album or boost his single or boost his career or whatever it was. That's fine. He was not queer baiting. Yeah. He was using queer aesthetics to boost his career. Those are two different things. And that's that's fine. And I think if you want to have a conversation about how people are using these aesthetics to make money, or and I think that's the thing that people keep saying, it's like, oh, they make their profiting yeah. off of queer culture. But it's just like, how many, how many queer people do you know that are benefiting from being queer? Yeah. yeah. Lil Nas X was essentially forced to come out at the beginning of his career. And obviously it, it ended up, you know, working in his favor. And, and I'm really happy that we have someone like Lil Nas X in such a, a, a prominent positioning and pop culture to be able to give that representation to black queer men but he has to fight for his life every time he does anything yeah yeah and so the idea of profiting off of queer culture yes there's money to be made for sure but only if you're not actually queer yeah correct and i think that's a conversation that can be had without trying to use one word to boil all of that down yeah when the examples are so in depth and you really have to be able to look at people's careers and and see how they have not benefited from being queer how they have benefited who has been yes. able to benefit from being queer without being like oh well they're just pretending and i think that's not right what where's the rest of the conversation what <laughs> mic drop literally like oh what happened to it that's such a good point because i feel like that's the thing that constantly needs to be reiterated is the whole idea of queer baiting is that like television and film or whatever gets asses in seats and money is made because they make you think that there's going to be like a positive queer 
a character or a love story or whatever there. Whereas like dressing sexually ambiguous or like dressing in like a queer culture or whatever the thing is, it's like that's way different than like performing gayness on stage or whatever the case is. And it's like, like you said, if anything, being outwardly queer causes more issues from like conservative pundits and like all of this stuff. And it's like at the end of the day, like a conservative Harry Styles fan, which apparently exists, they're still going to go see him in a concert, even though he wore a dress and they didn't like it because they're just like, well, I've only ever seen him date women. So like I can support him. Meanwhile, like there are no conservative Little Nas X fans because they can't wrap their heads around the facts that like they can both enjoy his music and think he should go to hell for like fucking a man. And so it's like, those are two completely different things that it's like, exactly like there needs to be different terminology and like shoving everything under the queer baiting idea and making that like an umbrella term when it's not an umbrella term is just fucked up for everybody. And like, it just ruins it. And like, honestly, like it probably makes things harder for queer artists because they're just like, well, like I can't imagine like not having the thought process of like why is like X making bank off of like their perceived queerness when like I'm actually queer and I'm not making bank off of it yeah. because yeah. people are bigoted. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think also about Kit Connor, the yeah. actor from Heartstopper, who deactivated his account, his Twitter account, because people were accusing him of queer baiting, and then he came back and it was just like, congratulations, you force like I'm bisexual, you forced an 18 year old to come out when he wasn't ready essentially and like was like i think you missed the whole point of the show and i think that's the thing where there are so many spaces where people are trying to be progressive about queer media and making those spaces and allowing people to be in these spaces but then no one is actually engaging with them beyond the surface level of look this is this is queer and it's just like that's great but what are you just like you would try to take a lesson away from anything else that you watch why are you not actually paying attention to what is being communicated to you across you know 10 episodes on a netflix series like it's not just we want to put you know i think queer people are allowed to have stories Mm -hmm. that are complicated and that try to teach you things in the same way that other pieces of media try to teach you things queer stories do not have to stop at being queer like that doesn't that's not the the beginning and the end of of why these stories are being made people want to make stories with queer you know main characters and leads beyond the fact that they just want that representation on TV. And I think representation goes beyond seeing people that look like you. It's hearing stories that remind you of yours or like there being a deeper context to what's happening or the the situations that are being communicated in the show. And not just, we're gonna put gay people in this and if we swap this out with straight people, it would be the same thing. Mm-hmm. They get to have their separate stories and that's fine. Yeah. But if you're not watching that and actually paying attention, to what the story is to the point that you're going to bully an 18 year old into coming out when he doesn't want to is actually insane. Like that shouldn't happen. I do think it's interesting what you're saying about these things becoming catch-all terms because the other week on our podcast we were talking about like the mascara debacle with like Julia Fox not knowing what that word meant and like we were basically saying that like so many people were like using it in so many different ways that like at first you like thought you knew what it meant and then you just like didn't know at all and you're like this doesn't make any sense whereas it's like with queer baiting everyone's like no I know exactly what this word means and yet they're expanding the definition of it so broadly Mm -hmm. to your point that it doesn't even mean what it was supposed to mean no not at all even a little bit yeah it has lost all meaning so i feel like these are both 
things that we need to think about a lot. Obviously, we talk about queer baiting a lot here and how it's the most fucked up term on the internet. And I feel like this will be something that we're going to be driving home until the world ends, honestly. Because people yeah, are- I literally, I just looked at my phone. I literally just got a text message from my friend Hannah saying, not Maddie Healy accusing Harry of queer baiting. Oh my God. Don't get me. We don't have enough time to get started <laughs> no. on this. And I was just like, this is, the fact that he is on y'all's side is all you need to know about that. The fact that you're on the wrong side of a conversation. Like if Maddie Healy is the, the vocal oh person God. for your point, there's a problem exactly literally and like that's a whole other thing because people are like that was a satire podcast that he went on it's like satire needs to be making a point it's like Like, a bunch of like quote unquote like leftist white men pawning things off as satire in order to say racist fucked up shit is the same thing as people saying that making money by dressing sexually ambiguous therefore makes you queer baiting like it's the same thing like it literally is it's just so ridiculous so i feel like we have we have a lot to think about in regards to like how the grammys are going to continue to be relevant without causing issues like because that's the thing is like the grammys are only relevant because they cause problems like that's something that we need to think about and the whole queer baiting thing and the fact that like grown men are having to make op-eds on the new york times to like explain why this shouldn't exist is a lot um so thank you so much larisha for coming and sharing your genius brain with us it is always great when we get to talk with you so thank you for joining us having me i love talking with you guys i love having conversations with people with brain cells it's just like (laughs) such a privilege to have the opportunity so if people want to follow up with you where can they find you on social media i am on twitter at by larisha by larisha not by like i'm leaving (laughs) i'm on tiktok at underscore larisha i'm on instagram at larisha paul Amazing. We will have all of Larisha's links in the show notes for the show. And as per usual, if you guys want to chat with us about anything, you can find us over on social media. We are at Name Three Songs on all platforms. Or if you have any personal beef, grievances, or love you would like to give Jenna or I personally, I'm at Sarah underscore Fagan on all platforms. And Jenna is at Jenna underscore million. Uh, So thanks for joining us this week on Name Three Songs. And until next time, never let anyone make you feel bad about your favorite band. And remember, you're never too cool to listen to Bad Bunny. Don't forget to subscribe to be notified when each episode comes out and leave us a five-star review. They really help. If you want to find out more about any of the sources we referenced in this episode, you can visit Name3Songs.com. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply